And welcome to another episode of G220 Radio. This is Ricky Gantz, and we are back continuing our series uh, in Strange Things in the Bible. And uh, we're going to be talking about aliens tonight. And I asked my six-year-old, who who may be watching the beginning portion of this until she falls asleep, um, but I, I asked her, what should I ask as a question? And she said, are aliens real? And so it's an easy question to to throw out there. But in the the uh, poll there on um, on YouTube, if you're over there on YouTube, uh, you're not going to find that poll on Facebook. We do put the shows on Facebook. And if you're watching there, thank you. But we try to get some traffic over there on the YouTube channel as far as you can get a little more interaction. Um, and so it says, what do you say or what would you say aliens are? The questions are the, the poll answers are extraterrestrial life, demons, just a hoax and not sure. And so far. We're at 100% with not sure. So hopefully we'll be able to answer some of those questions here tonight on the program. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so we're going to talk about aliens here tonight on the program. And I'm going to go ahead and bring on my guests. Uh, We have with us Stephen Ely, who is with us for the first time. And Hello. we have Dylan, uh, who is with us for the first time as well. And we have Daniel McAdams back from last week, if you tuned into the program. And so what we're going to do is allow these these uh, brothers to introduce themselves and share a little bit about themselves with you so you can get to know them. And then we'll jump right into it. And we'll start with you, Stephen. All right. Uh, yeah, my name is Stephen. Uh, I'm a, pre- a member of Praise Mill Baptist Church in Douglasville, Georgia. Uh, I've been doing evangelism for... Uh, several years now, uh, father of five, been married for almost 11 years, and I like weird things. So Here we go. Dylan, go ahead and share a little bit about yourself, brother. I think you're muted, brother. We're having we'll some paranormal Daniel, activity. Yeah, we're having some paranormal activity going. On. <laughs> Daniel, uh, Daniel, why don't you go ahead and uh, uh, share a little bit about yourself as well, and then we'll come back uh, to Dylan. Hopefully, we can we can figure that out. Sounds good. So I'm Daniel McAdams. I was on the show last week. If you tuned in, talking about ghosts and haunting phenomena from a biblical perspective, um, I'm a member of Grace Community Church of Jefferson City here in Missouri. I spent almost a decade of my life investigating the paranormal. I'm specializing in ghosts and haunting phenomena, but also doing a little bit with ufology and aliens. Dylan and I were team members. We had a paranormal team together, so we've been best friends for well over a decade now and had many adventures together in life through the paranormal now through doing ministry and apologetics for the Lord. All right. I'm glad to have you back again with us. Uh, Dylan, we'll go ahead and try this again. Uh, Hopefully we got some sound there. No, we're not getting any sound. Dylan, why don't you go out and come back in? Hopefully that will fix fix the uh, the problem there. Interesting, because we heard him just fine. Uh, yeah, we, we heard him. Yeah. Hey, this is what show. happens when you talk about strange things, right? Strange things that that occur. And so uh, hopefully we'll get that fixed. Um, but well, this Stephen, is a very... You like strange things, how do you like yeah. what's happening? <laughs> right. Well, I never like it when it's during a show, when you're alive, because then it makes you like, oh, no, how are we going to fix this? Um, 
And Mike says, clear the cache. You got to tell me what that means. Clear the cache. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, that's my co-host's wife. She's telling me what to do over on YouTube. So, uh, um, but uh, yeah, hopefully when he comes back in, we can fix that out. But yeah, you always hate having technical technical difficulties. Let's see here. Just blame the gremlins. Yeah, gremlins. gremlins. Yep. So some of the things I wanted to to touch on as well was some some definitions here because when you look up definitions in the Bible on certain well you, when you look up words, obviously you want to have a proper understanding or meaning. And when we talk about aliens, I know many, many years ago, I asked a question about aliens, and it was about extraterrestrial beings, beings from outer space, UFOs, and everybody went to the idea of making jokes about illegal aliens from another country. And so we want to definitely have some definitions to define our terms. Dylan, let's see if uh, things are working out with you. Okay, it says it's good. Yeah. It shows that it's picking up. There the we go. We can hear you. So go ahead and share a little bit about you, and we'll talk about okay. the Awesome. Sure. Uh, my name is Dylan. I'm a member of uh, Providence Reformed Baptist Church. I grew up uh, in a family with a lot of interest in UFOs, so I've read you know, tons of books, talked about UFOs tons of times. Uh it's just something that I've been interested in for a long time. And then I started investigating the paranormal with Daniel. I kind of had some brushes with UFO stuff and uh, particularly with some people that were more into UFOs than we were. Uh, 2019 came back to the faith and ever since then stopped the paranormal stuff and kind of been uh, just topics. All right. Wonderful. Glad to have you on the program as well. So when we, we, we talk about these definitions and the importance of them, because we're not talking about people from another country that are here, whether it be legally or illegally, uh, we're talking about these extra ter, extraterrestrial life. So when we say aliens, we're talking about these beings that are related to or don, donate or donating. I can't even read my own writing. Being supposedly from other words, other worlds. Let's put it like that. <clears throat> And so when we talk about this extraterrestrial, we're talking about outside of Earth, beings from outside of Earth. And then there's some other words that are going to come up. There's the interdimensional beings. What does this mean? Uh, that can come up in the conversation. This is existing or traveling between dimensions or uh, of space or time. And then we have some, and maybe you guys can jump in on these because um, I didn't want to put you on the spot. I figured you might have had definitions for those. But uh, what about UFOs is what we used to hear, unidentified flying objects. Mm -hmm. But now there's a new term that is being used. It's called UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Anybody want to jump in and, and talk about that? Yeah, from what I understand, uh, the UFOs, uh, that term is just kind of being uh, shelved for now to kind of get rid of the stigma of the conversation just so that people can start talking about it more because the government doesn't want to look foolish. But like, oh, yeah, UFOs, no, but UAPs, yeah, sure. Let, let's let's talk about that Uh that way they, they don't look so stupid and, and we can start talking about it. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add or. Yeah, absolutely. I agree completely with that. You know, we're seeing uh, now some congressional hearings on the topic and a lot of stuff coming out on that. And I think that's a big part of it is just moving away from that term that was kind of associated with, you know, the, the crazy people out there that are seeing crazy stuff. Um, 
to more towards kind of a scientifically defined phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with UFOs, sounds more phenomena yeah. sounds more scientific than object does. So right, yeah. right. Yeah, the the stigma, like you guys are saying, that surrounds UFO. Whenever you hear UFO, people automatically think of Hollywood mainstream media flying saucers with little green or little gray guys in it. So amongst the scientific community and the government and academic circles, a UFO is only something that's flying that's not identified yet. That's all that UFO means, unidentified flying object. But amongst scientists, academics, and the government, because of the stigma that's surrounding it amongst mainstream culture now, they want something that sounds a little bit more... uh, sounds better with less stigma attached so unidentified aerial phenomena a phenomena that's seen in the sky that's aerial is the term that they've started to shift to the last couple of years mm-hmm. yeah and one of the things uh steven and i were talking about before the program and dylan we talked about this uh last week on the show when we talked about ghosts is there are those who bring about hoaxes and they they try to become famous with a with a video snippet clear uh, you know something that you know they can put out there and get maybe a lot of traction and and gain some popularity maybe grow their channel maybe get some money off of it there are those hoaxes yeah. that are out there but there are people who have genuine experiences now like we talked about with ghost we want to kind of try to work through what some of those experiences might actually be because the Bible again is our authority and we want to we want to look at what the Bible says and and how then we can view these things in light of what we are hearing these experiences that people are having um, anything you guys would want to add to that yeah I would uh, just say that it's interesting that uh, people do have real experiences but these experiences are very similar throughout the ages throughout history uh, whether it's fairies elves uh, satyrs or aliens uh, they all have very similar elements to them, which I, I would say indicates that there, there's some relation to them at least. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout different cultures, you see, like Stephen was saying, similar stories, whether it's regards in relations to ghosts, you see different cultures throughout the millennia that have ghost stories that sound exactly the same as the stories mm-hmm. that you hear today on TV. Um, UFOs are kind of, that's an in, this topic that we're on today is kind of an interesting phenomena in history because you had different civilizations such as Alexander the Great. The Greeks recorded seeing flying shields that would be in the sky when they were on marches. And then Indian cultures had like flying canoes and different cultures throughout history would report seeing these unidentified flying objects that were similar to things that they were familiar with. But this whole idea of extraterrestrial life being associated with these unidentified flying objects is kind of a new a new theory from the standpoint of human history. That didn't really come about until evolutionary mindset came in, because if evolution happened here on Earth with life forming on Earth, then logically the chances of life forming on other planets over billions of years there should be extraterrestrial life on other planets. So this whole idea of extraterrestrial life on other planets basically came about in the last couple hundred years. And that also happened too with the the shift away from the geocentric uh, theory of the universe revolving around the Earth. When science discovered that it's actually heliocentric, the Earth revolved around the sun and other planets revolve around stars and gravity and all that came into play. 
that also shifted the focus from just Earth being special with just human beings on it to the, the thought that maybe these other planets and places of our solar system and universe have life on them as well. Yeah. Dylan, is there anything you want to want to jump in there? And... I think you might you might have muted yourself or we lost you again. I bet he has the best stuff to say too now. Yeah, we're not not hearing you. Hmm. See, Dylan Dylan was into this the UFO stuff, and his he's having some really technical difficulties over there on on that end. I think some somebody doesn't want him speaking tonight. You know, the <laughs> yeah, government absolutely. is watching. They are watching. They don't they don't want him to uh, to to say much there. You know, I think it's interesting as you was mentioning the, these different. Um, events throughout history where people have claimed to see things right i was looking up some stuff earlier before the show and i i i come across flavius josephus who we use oftentimes mm -hmm. to look at the jewish wars the you know um to look yep. at 70 a.d accounts of what happened when the temple was destroyed and he reported chariots hurt, hurtling through the clouds prior to the first jewish roman war between 65 to 70 a.d and so you think about this. This is in history. There were some other examples. You got the uh, the Gorman dogfight. Uh, this happened in North Dakota in 1948, where there was U.S. Air Force pilots sighted and pursued a UFO for 27 minutes over Fargo, North Dakota. Um, and so the, these these events have taken place where people have seen or witnessed these things. Another mm -hmm. one I thought was very interesting uh, was musician John Lennon. Um, this is in New York City. Uh, in 1974, um, with his then assistant, May Ping, um, reported seeing a craft emanating lights that changed color in the night sky above their Manhattan penthouse. And so th there is all kinds of accounts out there, whether some of these are true, whether some of these are, are maybe um, unidentified something that it might have actually been something legitimate. Uh, because we know, you know, you got China sending these balloons over here, right? You've got <laughs> people, you've got, you've got all kinds of things out there that could be unidentified. But once you realize what they are, they could just be a drone or something like that. You know, the military does a lot of research in building things. And sometimes they don't want the public to know about things. People may see things, but there are things that are absolutely mm -hmm. unidentified and unexplainable and scientifically just doesn't match with the way things would work in under our laws of physics. Right. And so yep. we, we want to kind of talk about that. Anything you guys would want to add there, maybe uh, with some of the, the history there of uh, maybe some of, maybe you guys experienced something where you've seen something in the sky. I personally have never seen anything in the sky. My daughter and I, I think it was a couple weeks ago, my oldest daughter, she's 25. Uh, we were driving out to Cleveland and we were talking about the Bible. We were talking about uh, some of the shows we had coming up. And she said, dad, she said, me and my friend were driving home the one night and this, this light just flashed above us in the sky. And she said, and I kind of was quiet. I looked at my friend. She looked at me and said, did you see that? She's like, yeah, I saw that. And she's like, yeah, I seen that too. Right. It was just this event for, to them. They experienced something. Now, whether it was a UFO, whether it was a plane passing, whether whatever it may have been, they saw something. Me personally, I've never seen anything. What about you guys? No, I haven't, I haven't had anything, uh, but, but I, I during the uh, the time of the Reformation, 
just add a little to the history. Um, there was a, a famous battle over Germany uh, in the sky with cannons and orbs and, and other things during the day that they saw this stuff, uh, I think 1561 or something around that time. Uh, during, the, during the height, uh, maybe not the height, but during the Reformation, during all that spiritual warfare going on, and they took it as a sign from God that they needed to repent. Uh, I don't know if the town was Catholic or not, but just the fact that they took it as a sign and took it seriously. Uh, a bunch of people saw it. It wasn't just one individual. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, personally, I haven't seen anything uh, like extraterrestrial related. My specialty when I was involved in the paranormal was ghosts and haunting phenomena. And uh, I kind of joke about, because I'm a bird watcher too, and so is my dad. We joke that a UFO is an unidentified feathered object because we can't <laughs> tell you how many times we can't identify a bird when we're out bird watching. So we joke that we're going to hijack that that term now, UFO, for bird watching since the government's changing <laughs> to UAP. Yeah. But I know Dylan had has had some UFO experience, so it's kind of odd that he is the one that's having so many issues with connection and being on here right now. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get him in. He hasn't come back yet. Start uh, calling I'm Fox to, Smolder. Uh, he got abducted. <laughs> I'm going Agent, to Agent uh, Mulder. Mm -hmm. Wait, we got him here. Let's see. Dylan, no, but but is hopefully it things are working here. All right, there we go. I hear you. Go ahead. I'm on a completely different device and everything now. So the, the audio is coming through clear too. So, mm -hmm. so the question is: Have you had any? Ex have you seen UFOs or had any experiences with UFOs? Uh, back in the early 2000s, I saw an object. Basically, there was like a triangle of stars, and I saw an object in between that triangle that was just kind of moving around erratically, uh, a light. Um, I've had a, I've had an event where with my mother, we were driving, and we lost track of time. Um, hmm. We ended up, I don't know, 20, 20 plus miles away from where we were supposed to turn. And we were missing probably about 20 minutes. And I had no explanation of what had happened. And so that's pretty much sums up my experience with uh, actually like seeing or experiencing things. Wow. And for those that may be wondering, the guys on the guest or the, the guest panel here, we had another guy jump in here. This is my co-host, Mike, and he has wanted to jump in. And it's been a while since I've seen him, Mike. I'm so glad to see you. Uh, glad you was able to jump in. What, what do you want to what do you want to say and add to the conversation here tonight? Yeah, I think to your recent question, I have not experienced anything like paranormal, but uh, um, going back a little bit we're talking about kind of like, you don't see the, the rise of aliens until kind of Darwinian evolution. I have noticed when I've talked to people and non-believers about aliens that they always assume that aliens are a higher life form than we are. There's never that opposite that we're a higher life form than others. And I think that's an important point to make and thinking through that, just as our desires to look for something that is bigger and better than us, obviously God is the one who fills that being the 
the one who is triune and perfect in all the ways that we're not. Um, but I've noticed that in my own conversations, and I think it's an important part to think about is according to other people, it's aliens that have this, you know, higher life form. And I always find that to be a funny assumption that no one challenges. Mm. Guys, anything yeah, you guys want to add? That is a very good point that you bring up too. And I do think it all goes back to the religious aspect of things because a lot of times you hear with these abduction stories or people who are super involved with ufology is it turns basically into a religion for them. They have a religious type experience where they're now seeking after these, these other religious experiences or they get this message from this, this supernatural being that claims to be an an advanced alien from another civilization that there's going to be death and destruction coming to the earth or if humankind doesn't change their ways in such and such an area that the planet and society is just going to collapse and so these people have this almost savior messiah-like religious experience uh -huh. from these extraterrestrials and then they become basically the prophet the mouthpiece for this entity and start trying to proclaim this message of of change to the earth because like you said this super intelligent higher intelligence being came and visited them and told them that they had this message for the earth yeah i think that's really key is that message what is being uh -huh. proclaimed right and and as christians we have to be discerning we know what god has proclaimed in his word and if we see things that are contrary to that that should throw up red flags immediately for us. Um, Stephen, it looked like you was going to jump in and say something as well. Yeah, to, to add to that and to the his, historical side of it, uh, all throughout the ages, uh, before the flood, after the flood, up to today, there's always been stories of some sort of being coming from the sky, coming to live amongst us, to influence us, give us insight, wisdom, knowledge of various kinds, weapons, makeup, uh, whatever. Uh, starting even in the Garden of Eden, um, the, the message to, to become something more than just mere human, uh, to be like the gods, uh, as uh, Satan said uh, in the Garden. Uh, even today, uh, we have the idea of transhumanism, which, which sounds new, but it's really not. We just have scientific, materialistic, technological terms to, to put onto it so that we can use technology and use these insights to become more than human. And these entities always seem to push us towards that. And ironically enough, they always have something to say about Jesus eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not, not the biblical Jesus or not in a right. biblical right. way of how to describe him. Dylan, is there anything you want to say uh, adding to this as well? Uh, that pretty well covers it. Um, Really, yeah, it's just, it's always this super advanced civilization. So it's more palatable to listen to what they have to say because obviously they're much smarter than we are and they've seen a lot more and they know a lot more. So why wouldn't we listen to them? Yeah. And Mike, you were saying when you came in about your conversations with people uh, on the topic of aliens, when these discussions come up, that's something Stephen and I was talking about before the program. Um why is this important for Christians to uh, engage this topic with others? Because obviously, and I'm kind of answering the question, sort of, but we, we know that it's being promoted and it's out there. We know the government just had hearings not too long ago where there's people saying there, there's these whistleblowers saying that they've seen things or experienced things. And so 
the public is aware of these things. Many people claim to experience these things. And as Christians, we want to have answers to give. So, so why is it so important that we don't just blow that off, kind of like our conversation about ghosts last week, um, Daniel, is what do we, why is this an important for Christians not to just blow it off and say, ah, that's crazy stuff. We don't need to really deal with that or think about it or address it. Yeah, I think in my discussions, I've kind of narrowed it to two primary reasons um, and kind of how I deal with it. The first is how do we understand Genesis? I think there's a point in which we think about the theological point of Genesis 1. What is the capstone of God's creation? It's not some unknown people group or extraterrestrials outside. It is the human. It is those who now bear the image of God. So to consider, in one sense, aliens and to think about it, I think is an assault on the kind of importance that humans have in the role of God's creation. And then, then what piggybacks off that is that God becomes flesh. So now it's not only this against God as creator, it's against God as savior. God is going to redeem the world, but how is he going to redeem the world? He's going to do it through a human person in Jesus Christ who came to save those who rebelled against him. And we know that angels that are also beings don't share in this same salvific um, area. They're not saved. The demons will be judged. They cannot be saved when they rebel. So I think why this is important because it attacks God in both his role as our, as a creator, but also as God, as our savior. Hmm. Yeah. Anybody else want yeah, to jump in? I agree on the whole Genesis one foundation is um, this whole alien theory really does try to attack the Bible at its foundation, which is Genesis uh -huh. one, because now they're positing that there's these other creatures out there, these other civilizations these entities that are super advanced that live amongst the stars but in genesis chapter one it tells us that god created the stars and the lights in the sky to be signs for the time signs for seasons signs for day and night for us humans to be able to judge the cycle of the earth by it doesn't tell us that the stars were created for other civilizations and other beings to exist in those are created for us to be able to have our agricultural cycles and to be able to have our calendar basically mm. so just that's just another thing to think about on top of what mike said because i completely agree with him the bible only says that humans are created in the image of god yeah yeah and i, and I agree with that but to play the devil's advocate a little bit for those that that look at genesis uh one and their brothers in christ but they they, they see in their worldview that, you know, maybe there are aliens out there on other planets, uh, that doesn't change anything within, uh, the main doctrines of this, of salvation. Uh, it, if aliens do exist out there, uh, and they're on other planets, uh, C.S. Lewis gives some helpful, like, uh, ways to think about it in his space trilogy. Like what if, um, they would be considered within the angel category, either animal or angel, uh, because angels are technically, in a sense, extraterrestrial, they're not from here. Uh, perhaps they live on Jupiter. I don't know. Um, I doubt it. Uh, but, but if they're 
advanced civilizations out there and they're coming to us, they would function uh, as uh, in an angelic role as messengers from from other places. They will be subject to the King of Kings, the God of Gods. Uh, they will be held accountable for their message and what they're trying to get us to do. Um, and so if these are deceitful beings, whether angels or spirits, which I do lean on the side that they are uh, rebellious spirits, um, that if they are, you know, little green men, um, they don't have salvation. Uh, salvation cannot apply to them because Jesus became man and, and he did not become any other category of being uh, to redeem uh, any other kind of creature. Yeah. And anybody want to jump in, uh, Dylan? Yeah. Uh, you know, and looking at it from the perspective of like a non-believer, uh, it does create a lot of questioning and doubt of the Bible because, okay, so now there are these aliens over here from, you know, such and such planet and these aliens over here from this planet and this person who affirms those facts or those possibilities at least then goes to the Bible and they say, okay, God created the heavens and the earth, okay, but where's where's the guys from Klaatu? Where's the guys from, from uh, you know, planet seven? Um, and it just definitely goes, goes to create a lot of doubt in the uh, facts of creation and in the uh, truthfulness of the Bible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's it's very important as Christians, again, we need to be able to to point people to them. I think the conversation that we've had so far with the, the understanding that the way that God has laid it out in the beginning, God created. He doesn't give a question there or a thought that you can either try to dispute this. God creates, right? And then he, he, he lays out what he creates in the six days and how important that is. It's vital, and it's interesting. We always find ourselves coming back to the beginning, mm-hmm. back to Genesis over and over again. I think Ken Ham says that often with Answers in Genesis. That the foundation is so vitally important for us to get and grasp. You know, because otherwise, if you don't, you're going to find yourself going off into all kinds of errors, even as Christians find themselves in errors when it comes to original sin, when it comes to so many things, because they don't have that foundation down. And so we want to, as Christians, lovingly, compassionately, graciously speak to the unbelievers um, and and try to point them to what the Bible says about these things, because it it is very important and not just... um, unbelievers who don't believe in a God, which I always find that interesting too. Maybe you guys want to speak to this one if you want. Um, but not only do they, they'll, they'll reject God, the creator, but they'll say, but we believe in aliens, some creature from another, another planet. They may have put us here, right? They may have brought us here, right? And also with cults that are out there, I don't know if you guys had any interactions with Hebrew Israelites, so-called Hebrew Israelites. Little, on only on Facebook. <laughs> they have their charts. They're they're a very racist group. They don't like the white man, and um, anybody who doesn't yeah. agree with them, even if we're, you're of we're the same, red. yeah, even if you're of the same color. <laughs> but they have these charts where they talk about putting people in slavery and whatnot. But it's interesting. They have many charts, the flying saucers, hmm. and they believe in the chariots that are spoken of in the Bible. When you go to places like Psalm. 6817 it says the chariots of god are myriads thousands upon thousands zechariah 6 1 says now i lifted up my eyes again and look and behold four chariots were coming forth from between two mountains 
and and they take these passages and take these chariots to mean these are these these you know ufos that people see and talk about they have them on their charts for people to walk by and see in their engagements so it's it's vitally important but so anything you guys would want to add to that but also that first point that i made about people will reject god but then have that you know but i i do believe that there's something out there aliens yeah that that's why i kind of wanted to play the devil's advocate there to kind of give them some some uh you know some you know just give them a little something uh because uh you know to their credit there are billions and billions of stars uh, I, I'm pretty firm that that there's nothing out there because of scripture, uh, but you know, just by chance, there's there's you know a blob out there. Uh, just give it to them, uh, just for the sake of, of conversing with them, uh, meeting where meeting them where they're at, uh, and and even so, uh, there are those intelligent beings that they are held accountable to the Creator, um, and so whatever message they give must coincide with what scripture says and calls us to do uh, to worship the one true and living God through Jesus Christ. Uh, if they do not do that, then whether they're an apostle or an angel or an alien, they are to be uh, accursed. Right. Yeah. Just for the sake of the argument, kind of letting, yeah, that, yeah. letting that go like, okay, so there are aliens, but how does that change this message? Just like, you know, if we're doing evangelism from a reformed perspective, Mm -hmm. Maybe don't lead with the doctrine of the with the doctrine of election right away. Um, we can figure all that out later. We can talk about that later. But right now, let's just talk about you know, what we can both come to terms with and we can both discuss right now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to people not believing in God, but they'll believe in aliens that put us here. Really, all that's doing is pushing the question of the existence of God back is they're trying to get away from the idea of the fact that God exists. So they're going to just go with, okay, well, an alien created us and put us on this planet. But now that just begs the question, where did the aliens come from? Who created uh -huh. them? Are they eternal? Well, if the answer is yes, those aliens are eternal, then that means that we now have a conflict between this message from the aliens and the Bible because the Bible says only God is eternal. But if they say that these aliens are also created, well, then who created these aliens? So it all comes full circle back to the authority of the Bible. And is it God or is it somebody else? Uh -huh. Yeah. So from a Christian, we really need to stand on the authority of the Bible and get them to consider that at least. Because if they they want to just keep pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back, well, it, it tells us that they're just, they've hardened their heart against God and don't want to hear that message. And we still need to present the gospel to him, but we see that inside they're just trying to push away the fact that God exists because they don't want to be accountable before him. Right. And that's that's exactly what Romans 1 tells us, that everyone knows the creator. They know the one who's created them, but they suppress the truth in their unrighteousness because they'd rather worship creation than the creator. And, and they worship so creation that, through these aliens through these and extraterrestrials. Right. Yep. Uh Stephen, I think you wanted to say something. It looked like you was. Yeah. Um, so th to add to the irony, um, the unbelievers that, that don't believe in God, but they believe in aliens. Aliens aren't just aliens uh, it, within these uh, accounts. They always communicate telepathically. Um, atheists will tell you mystical means of communicating with these through meditation or, or whatever. Uh, even though they, they seem to be material 
beings that come from other planets, but yet they have to communicate through occultic means and practices. Uh, so even there, uh, they're not seeing their own inconsistency that they believe in physical beings, but they communicate supernaturally, unscientifically, which would be, you know, to our credit, uh, you know, angels or, or fallen angels, uh, you know, supernatural beings that would just break their worldview. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, basically you're a naturalist, but you're affirming the supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> with, with scientific materialistic lingo. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think, too, and I mentioned it kind of coming on, it's that idea of our desire to worship something outside of ourselves. Yeah. And when you think about the ideas of aliens, now, I just, Mary caveat, I haven't like dove into this i'm just a mere seminary ex-seminary student with a degree thinking about this theologically but to to think about who are who we are as people we were designed to worship god we were designed Mm -hmm. to worship something that is outside of us and what makes aliens in thinking about it theologically and even kind of in this philosophical way is that for the unbeliever, for the the atheist who believed to it, it is in one sense a replacement for God. You think about aliens talking to them telepathically. Well, in some sense, that's kind of how we feel the spirit moves in us. When we think about, you know, how the spirit works in our hearts and in our minds to renew who we are, it's not done in a language that we can communicate. I mean, the regeneration of our heart is something that is maybe come through the words of men, but is done by the work of spirit that is unseen, like the wind moves, as John tells us. And so a lot of times I feel like that's what makes this conversation, like it's easy to turn it into this kind of theological philosophical because i can they can say well there are all these stars and planets like life has to be onto one but that's a logically is a non sequitur like just because there's all this stuff doesn't mean that there has to be life outside of this earth um but let's let's get to the real issue that there is something inside of you that knows that we're not right as a human race and you're looking to something else Mm -hmm. something outside of us that is better more perfect and you're going to go to aliens because it sounds good. And, you know, and also evolutionary, like Egyptians couldn't build tall pyramids that stand like, you know, just that evolution th- th- thinking. But then to turn it, it was like, no, what you're really missing is that that God has created you and designed you to worship him. And you're trying to now find a substitute to fill the hole that cannot be filled but by him. Yeah. Amen. Plus, when you think about think about movies and whatnot that popularize many ideas in the heads of people, um, you know, from Star Wars, Star Trek, um, m- most of the time aliens are not pictured in a positive light. It's more of a scary light, except for uh-huh. E.T. and maybe some a Wookiee or something on uh, um, Star Wars. But uh, it does add this thought to the minds of people when they're seeing these movies and they're they're seeing it in their society and then they're hearing about it um, through congressional hearings um it's there 
And like you said, Mike, rather than worshiping the one who we've been created to worship, they're looking for something else rather than dealing with their own sin and dealing with which really comes down to the heart of the matter is their idolatrous heart. They don't want uh-huh. to deal with that. You know, um, anything else you guys want to say? And then we'll, we'll maybe jump into the, well, this will be the question. If there's anything you guys want to add is what do we think then these aliens are? Um, I think we've kind of alluded to that in this program, but, but what do we think these experiences that people are having are? I would say that the aliens uh, fit the description of fallen angels, or I, I would say angels in general, because maybe perhaps some of the sightings of UFOs and whatnot during battles could have been good angels interfering uh, or whatever. Um, but those that are communicating through occultic mystical means uh, to deliver a message of, of transhumanism, uh, you know, correcting our views of Jesus and whatnot, uh, they're definitely not good angels. Um, they're definitely... Uh, within the army of darkness and working for the enemy. Um, but yeah, j- just, uh, just in general, uh, angels aren't from here. Uh, so I think by definition, you consider them aliens. Yeah. So all their methods of operation speak towards a supernatural component. So basically you have good versus bad, which side do they fall on? If they are professing this message that's contrary to the Bible, clearly they're demons, right? If they are not doing that, then, okay, maybe they're not demons. So then the other answer is angels. Well, if they're not glorifying God and they're not presenting a message that is affirming the truth of the Bible, clearly that also is not the answer. So demons is what you're left with from that. Yeah. And yeah, I would agree just... with everything they said. <laughs> Good. Stephen, you was going to add too? Yeah, I was going to say, it's think, think of it more like uh, our modern mythological creatures. Every age, uh, every era has them. They show up, they kidnap, they do weird things, they can be touched, they can touch you. Uh, so, so today, our aliens are just our modern mythological creatures. What about these alien abductions? What, what, what would we say to maybe someone who comes to you and you're, you're sharing the gospel with them and they say, look, you know, I know, I, I don't know about this God. I don't know about Jesus, but I do know aliens are real. I, I've experienced an alien abduction. What, what are some of the things I think maybe you see in that's common with a lot of these abductions that people have got a lot of similarities meaning what are some of the things that you find from story to story to story that seem to be consistent with these experiences people have missing time Mm -hmm. Hmm. sleep paralysis uh or something to the effect is common amongst uh uh, alien abductees um they they seem bound they're surrounded by figures whether shadowy or they can see them they're bug-like they're alien-like um fairies or or whatever throughout the ages uh these instances have all happened um and they're they're terrified um and one of the things i I used to deal with sleep paralysis i used to have it um i even had an instance where where i had a i guess an astral projection so to speak um where I was actually going through the wall. I was out of my bed, going out out of the wall, which is very common in uh, 
alien abduction. Uh, it wasn't alien abduction. It was sleep paralysis or, or whatever. It was very spiritual in nature. Um, what I did and what people have done is you invoke the name of Christ and these things stop. Uh, whatever these aliens are, if, if they are flesh and blood from Jupiter uh, or from, you know, uh, what planet seven, you said, uh, they're, they're afraid of the name of Jesus. So when you call upon him for defense um, and if you preach the gospel to them, uh, Colossians uh, 2, 13 through what, 15, uh, you know, the record of debt that stands against us with its legal demands, this God sets aside nailing it to the cross and he openly put them to shame by triumphing over them in him. Uh, they go away. Um, you know, whether, whether you're saved or not, they, they can't handle that name. They can't handle that message, uh, which is, I think why it's so hard for people to speak. They don't want you to speak, but once you do it, it changes. And if you are a Christian, uh, born again, dwelling, uh, have the dwelling of the Holy spirit in you, uh, you know, they might poke and prod you, uh, maybe not literally, but they can annoy you, aggravate you, uh, give you those experiences. Sure. But they can't hurt you. Um, you are you are Christ, and He will protect you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the common theme amongst all of these abduction stories that you hear is that there's a religious aspect behind it, and even if you don't have an upfront religious aspect to it, you get a lot of stories such as abduction stories where the aliens operated or did things to the person that they abducted mm-hmm. that leave that person terrified and scared. So while they might not have received a religious message, there is some psychological component that now they've believed they've been abducted by aliens these aliens did something psychological or physical to them and now they're terrified of it so when you present the gospel message to them they they kind of look at the bible and go well the bible doesn't talk about aliens but i had this experience that aliens abducted me like i couldn't do anything about it they they did something psychological to me or they did something physical to me and so i know they're real and they're out there and I don't know what to do about it. Well, now we can go full circle because that's still a religious experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's keep it's pushing them from the Bible because they're terrified of this experience that they had, but they believe that aliens are real because of this experience and thus they don't want to believe the Bible. And that opens up a powerful opportunity for us to share the gospel with them because the gospel is the power of Christ for their freedom, freedom from mm-hmm. sin and freedom from these chains and freedom from the fear of this extraterrestrial encounter because then we can open up to them with the stories from other abductees who have invoked the name of Jesus and preached the gospel to these aliens who are abducting them and these aliens fled. So if we can get the this person who's been abducted and is terrified of these aliens, preach the gospel to them, they accept Christ. Now they have the power of Christ within them, the power of God, the power of the gospel to to thwart the next abduction if it ever were to happen to them again. Yeah. And it's, it's very important. Um, as you said, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And so we preach the gospel. The results are up to him. So even if that person that you're speaking to still walks away, not believing, but says, no, I'm, I'm going to stick with the aliens. We don't know what God's going to do with that, that seed that mm-hmm. was planted. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 we trust that he is faithful and just to do what he is going to do and bring those who who hear the gospel and and, and repent and turn to the uh, to the gospel. It's going to be because it's a it's a work of God in them. 
right? Yep. As Mike, you was talking about that work that the spirit does in the hearts of individuals. And we, we have to recognize that Satan and his demons are deceivers. Satan uh -huh. is a liar from the beginning. It was already mentioned here on the program, but from the very beginning, in Genesis 3, Satan comes down and seeks to deceive Eve and say, you can be like God, right? If you just disobey him, you eat from this tree, you're going you're gonna to know like God knows. You're going to be like God. So God, who's giving you this something that is good and great, and there's no truth better, you're taking it and you're, you're going for something that's a lie, that's deceptive. In Revelation mm -hmm. uh, 20, or 12, 9, it says about the great dragon that was thrown down. It said that ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. The Bible says in 1 Peter that he, he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. And so they will, they will also present themselves like an angel of light. We see that with cults. They come and appear like this angel giving them a message, or it's God Mormonism. coming and giving them a message. Yeah, Mormonism, uh, Islam. Right. They're, they're coming and they're giving these messages to them, but it doesn't line up with the scripture. And it was already quoted here on the on the, the program tonight. I don't remember who mentioned it. Maybe it was you, Stephen, where, where the Bible says that Paul writes anyone who preaches something contrary to mm -hmm. the gospel that we have proclaimed, they are to be anathema. They are to be cursed because that is that is you're, you're going against the very words of God and, and Satan and his demons seek to deceive you because they don't want you to come to Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just want to throw this out there, too. Like, I know we talked about this last week on the show. As a church, we need to be careful not to push these people away. If yeah. they come to us saying, hey, we've had this experience, we don't want to be like, oh, well, that's just all made up. Aliens aren't real yet. No, that's just all in your head. And we, don't also, we also don't want to go, well, we just don't have the answers for that. We can't talk mm -hmm. to you about that. Because if we do that to these people, to these unbelievers, well, now we're telling them that the church doesn't want to help them. So where's the only other place that they can turn? The only other or place can't. they can turn is the world. Yeah, or the church can't help them. So now they only have the world to turn to and these other people that have had experiences like them. And that's just going to that's gonna fall back on us. And I would hate to stand before God after I die and be like, yeah, I'm sorry that I told him I couldn't help him and pushed him away from the church and you when mm -hmm. your word has the answers that we need for eternal life. So yeah. we as Christians and as the church just need to be careful how we respond to people who come up to us saying that these had these experiences. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. I think that's an important point because I think we have to realize that we are bound by our culture as much as we try to not do it. There is a sense in which by default as Americans, we're going to go naturalistic in our mm -hmm. presuppositions. And I know this has been challenging, especially when we consider the prosperity gospel and kind of Pentecostalis Pentecostalism and all kind of the wacky spiritual things that happen there. We tend to swing the pendulum on the other side in a very naturalistic way. And so as, as American Christians, as Western Christians, we, we need to understand that this world is more spiritual than what we think it is. Uh -huh. Like pen, while we may uh, say Pentecostalism got, has a lot of things wrong. And when it regards with this, we live in a spiritual world. And oftentimes uh -huh. I think about Ephesians six, 
and that we wage war not naturally, but supernaturally. And these are the things where genuine Christians in Africa are dealing with. When you think of the spiritual, you see the um, demons within the Gospels or in Acts. Like, we have to, as Christians, understand that this, just because we are in the 21st century and we have all this technology, doesn't mean that still doesn't exist. And it may not exist in America as, as much because that's not an issue we deal with. And so it's not a good, in one sense, tool for Satan to do to deceive us. But I think the opposite would be for us to consider, to not consider how spiritual we are and morally in our, on our kind of naturalistic background that we live in, especially when it's being promoted so much in and popular culture. So I think this, there's a call for us to think about these things more seriously than maybe we've considered in the past. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right. Here's my, uh, my last question. And then we'll just kind of throw it out there for anything that anybody would want to add. When I was listening to some things today about some of these abductions, uh, alien abductions, and some of them that you guys mentioned, the, the consistencies that we see from one one um, encounter that someone has to another encounter, and you mentioned missing time, well, and 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 a loss of memory, not really knowing what happened. One of the things I heard in many of these encounters was they would go and have a hypnos hypnosis, kind of give them like put them under hip 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 whatever you say it hyp hypnotic hypnosis. Yeah, yeah, hypnosis. And and they would then remember things, right? What are the dangers with this? Uh, because even looking at John Hopkins Medicine, which is, you know, a very well-known uh, institution, medical institution uh, and studies, and they even say hypnosis does not work well in memory recovery methods. Mm -hmm. But this is used. But what, what could be the dangers of this spiritually? One thing is fa false memories uh, can be implanted, your imagination, kind of like if you have a dream uh, that was kind of vague, but then you start thinking about it uh, throughout the day, more details are added to it. And like, oh, yeah, this dream actually was about this. But really, it was, you know, it, it was something vague. You don't remember it, but but j you just add those false memories and those details. Uh, and then second, um, the, the nature of hypnosis is very supernatural. It, it deals with that inner man, the soul, not just the mind. Um, regardless of what psychiatrists like to think. Um, and so you're opening up your yourself to, to influences outside of yourself to come and maybe, you know, rearrange some of those memories or, or just mm. try to indwell you. Yeah. You had to go along with that too. I was trying to look up something I just read but couldn't find it just now. Um, a lot of times too, people will claim to have these abduction experiences and it turns out that they were just a dream that they had, a rather vivid dream based off of like a TV show or a story that they had heard. And there's a rather famous case of like a husband and wife who had gotten abducted. And the more that they got interviewed and talked about it, it became apparent that, that their abduction that they had was very similar to a TV show that kind of dealt with the supernatural and paranormal and aliens that they had watched a couple weeks before. So like with the hypnosis and bringing these things back, like false memories or people start to think about, they, they call to mind things that they've seen on TV, stories that they've heard. 
but also we're called in scripture to shield our mind because we're not called to empty our mind. Mm-hmm. We're called to fill our mind with scripture and fill our mind with the things of God, because if we're doing that, we're going to be dwelling on God. If we have an empty mind, that's a doorway for Satan and his demons to come tempt us and fill our, fill our minds with non-godly thoughts. And you see that happen in these cults all the time where you're called to just clear your mind, let whatever comes to you come to you, but don't draw on it. Just clear your mind and let the universe speak to you. And that's the furthest thing from being biblically sound. And hip, hip, uh, hypnotists put people into hypnosis to do that same thing, to clear the mind, to bring back these memories that they might not have, past lives, um, alien abductions, paranormal um, uh, what's the word? Uh, Event? Possession experiences. And they clear these people's minds out to try to get these people to remember what happened. And that's just a doorway opening your mind up to the satanic realm because now your mind's not filled with the things of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just occultism and it's agnosticism because, or not agnosticism, I apologize, gnosticism. Um, because you're, you're not reaching towards God for answers. You are reaching inside yourself, but, but you are reaching elsewhere for answers. And it's not even from yourself. It's like Daniel said, you know, letting the universe speak to you. Um, if you're not letting God speak to you, then who are you letting speak to you? Yeah. I think to, to even think about it broader, kind of where I think about these things and kind of world religions is you think of the revivals of the prosperity gospel. The first part of a revival is to get you in this hyptonic state in which then the miracles will come. Or you think of West or Eastern religions and the emptying out the meditation to, to kind of clear and put yourself again, this in this hyptonic state. Um, this idea of hypnotic this of being hypnotized and emptying out as the other brothers have said is just a dangerous thing because now in one sense i no longer have control over my mind someone else is in control of my mind mm-hmm. and we are to think about these things or above we are to have self-control and to control ourselves and when we give ourselves over to that as they said like people you're no longer you're no longer in control and most of the times when people are doing this this is to subvert the message that god has given to us it is to implant and to um promote their idols whatever that may be instead of seeking with our entire body to glorify God and to think about him and to, to understand that it is the meditation of our mind on the things of God and on God himself that changes us from one glory to the another that sanctifies us and makes us better. And so the danger really kind of, again, kind of plays a part even in our kind of progressive sanctification salvation as we experience and march towards the end. Amen. All right. So any, any final thoughts? Uh, I think we did pretty good for having five guys on here and 
uh, keeping to the time. I mean, we are at 10 o'clock now, and so that's usually when we go off. Um, so I'm impressed with that because I know how this can can go. And so I thank you guys for respecting each other and allowing each other to, to talk. I know sometimes, you know, with with technology, one might start talking and not realize that somebody else is. And I think we've done really well with that here tonight on the program. But any any final thoughts? I'll, I'll let each of you give a final thought. Um, and then Mike will come back to you and you can close us out. Um, you know, and so uh, go ahead, Stephen. We'll start with you. You're right there next to me in the middle. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I do have uh, I have a few resources I want to recommend, but I'll just recommend two. Um, I think are, are most prevalent for today. Um, there's a documentary by Dr. Mike Kaiser, uh, Aliens and Demons, on YouTube. Um, he, he was a former uh, Logos uh, Bible software uh, scholar. Um, really good stuff. He talks about this stuff all the time. Uh, he's recently passed. Um, and then the Cultish podcast had uh, a ten episode series recently on you on the UFO disclosures. Uh, very helpful, very insightful. I, I think pretty much sums up a lot of what we just said. Um, and and just for those who who might not be believers that are listening, because um, I think you get some of them occasionally. Uh, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He was raised from the grave uh, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He defeated sin, Satan, and the grave and these aliens. He openly put them to shame. So if you're having any sort of uh, experiences, um, whether through drugs, meditation, just sleep, uh, whatever is happening, you feel stuck, you feel trapped, you feel uh, in a place where you can't get out, uh, turn to Christ. Uh, He can set you free. He gave himself up to deliver us from this present evil age. Uh, We're not dealing with mere flesh and blood, but we're dealing with cosmic powers. Um, So if they're from the other side of the universe, whatever, Christ has conquered them. He has power over them, and they are subject to him, and they are put to shame. And they'll be even more put to shame if you submit to him and repent from your sins and just trust in him. Yeah, amen. Uh, Daniel? So I'm going to say something similar like what I said in the last podcast here. As believers, this is something we need to be aware of and have answers for. But this is a topic that you should not be diving into and becoming fascinated with because it can very, very, very quickly take you away from God and away from your walk with God and lead you into New Age cultic practices like you've heard talked about on here. And... When it comes to ghosts and haunting phenomena, the main question that's being sought to be answered is, is there life after death? When it comes to ufology and extraterrestrials, the main question that is being sought to be answered here is, did something else create life on Earth? And both those pursuits are seeking to find answers outside of the Bible and are ignoring what the Bible clearly says. The Bible says there's only two things that happen to us after we die. Believers go to heaven, unbelievers spend eternity in hell, and God created us. And the only way for us to be back in a right right relationship with God because of our sinfulness is through trusting and believing in Jesus Christ, like Stephen said. So we just, as believers, need to be super careful about just how in interested in this topic we become and don't let this take over you because you'll find yourself walking far away from god and if you're an unbeliever take a chance to look at the bible the bible has answers to questions you might not even believe that it could answer for you 
that was my experience with it. And then two resources I'd highly, highly recommend. Um, there's a documentary from Creation Ministries International called Alien Intrusion, which really takes an in-depth look at the phenomena of aliens, extraterrestrials, alien abductions, and UFOs. And then Answers in Genesis has a whole lot of good articles on aliens, UFOs, and alien abductions on their website, too. So I'd highly recommend those. Yeah, amen. Dylan. Uh, yeah, repent and believe the gospel. Uh, God is stronger than anything else out there, be those demons or be those little green men or be those highly advanced alien civilizations from galaxies away. Um, you know, I've been, I've been in a lot of those things. I've had a UFO experience. I've had like an abduction type experience. I've had, you know, locked myself in a room screaming at a demon for 15 minutes. A lot of things like that. And here I am, uh, you know, believing God's word over all of those things. And if I could just real quickly, now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with everything good to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That is the end of Hebrews uh, 13, 20 through 21. Amen. Amen. Mike, go ahead and, and close us out here tonight, brother. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway and probably for the entire series um, is that we as Christians in America need to realize that there is a spiritual battle outside. Oftentimes we focus on the material things, and that is a thing that is ingrained to us because of our culture, that we see wars and famines, and we don't always see the spiritual aspects of what is happening. And when we talk to people who believe in ghosts or in this episode, aliens, we need to be sympathetic to the idea that demons can come and deceive people and that these are val these can be valid experiences that a person's experience that a person has and we to accept that. And even though we may discuss this in a theological and you can discuss this with theologically and try to help them reframe it in truth um, and point them to God, that these realities are real. And just because we're in America doesn't make it less real than an African tribe who is dealing with um, demonic activity all around them that is not just physical. And I think, and I, I say this because this is a transformation I've had to go through. And I think it's an important one that we think about these things better and, and, and thinking about them better and thinking about them biblically, we can be better equipped to defend the faith and to see the errors that these point of views have and direct them to the one who can save their souls. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you guys all for coming on to the program tonight. I appreciate you taking your time, Mike. It was great to see you back uh, on the program as well. Um, and so that's G220 Radio for tonight. Until next time, God bless. <laughs>